Oh God, enlighten our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit so that as scripture is read and your word is proclaimed, our eyes may see your kingdom, our ears may hear the call of Jesus, and our hearts may know the joy of your salvation. Amen. Our scripture reading from the 8th chapter of Mark's Gospel includes the first of three times that Jesus told his disciples what would happen to him in Jerusalem, that he would suffer and die and that he would be resurrected. He says that in our reading from the 8th chapter and again in the ninth, and again the 10th chapter, and all three times, every single time, the disciples did not get it. Jesus tells them and us each time something about discipleship. So listen now for the word of God in the 8th chapter of Mark's gospel, starting at the 27th verse. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. I had a friend who was both a first-class lawyer and a pretty good bluegrass banjo picker. He and some of his buddies had a club, and they told me their motto was, don't follow me, I'm lost. <laughs> well, who, who are you following? Who do you want to follow? Yes, yes, I know. You and I don't want to be followers. We want to be leaders, right? But even when we try to act like leaders, 
We're following someone's example. We're following somebody's model of how to be a leader. We are following someone. So who are you following? Jesus said that anyone who wants to follow him has to do two things. Deny themselves and take up their cross. So what does it mean to deny yourself? That's just not a phrase. People who are modern, 21st century citizens of the greatest country on earth. That's not one we're used to hearing. Our cultural environment does not send out that message. It's not part of the zeitgeist. 24-7, 365, we are bombarded with messages that say, indulge yourself. You are worth it. You deserve it. You've earned it. In creative and convincing ways, commercials and advertisements convince us that wearing X or driving Y or doing Z, one of those things will proclaim to the world that you have arrived, you have made it. They urge, they urge you to embrace consumerism and buy more, more, more. If you believe your problem is that you don't feel good about yourself or you're kept awake at night by fear and anxiety, the treatment is supposed to be buy more stuff. And if that kind of medicine isn't working, well, you just need to increase the dose. <laughs> buy some more. <laughs> you must not be shopping in the right medicine store. <laughs> Well, the question remains then, how do you deny yourself? And what does it mean to take up your cross? Taking up your cross here is different from when, when people describe life's little nuisances like a critical in-law or hair that won't curl properly or an annoying neighbor or something as my cross to bear. To deny yourself is to, and to take up your cross is to follow the example of Jesus Christ no matter how painful, no matter how deadly the consequences. To deny yourself is to take up your cross. That's to stake your very life on being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It is to forsake the pursuit of pleasures based on power or position or possessions. To deny yourself is to, and take up your cross is to forsake a life that's based on that one-note song. Me, 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 me. <laughs> there are a lot of people that sing that song. It is to commit yourself, heart and mind, body and soul, to serving God and serving God's children. You don't have to go all the way to Africa and do it. Those we can admire and support and encourage those that do. But in our daily lives, it is to trust God so much that you can truly and sincerely pray thy will be done because we just really want we want god to do things our way you know the command to deny self take up your cross and follow here it's elaborated four ways first for those who want to save their life will lose it and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it it's one of those, it's a warning paradox. You cannot save your own life, you can only spend your life. What are you spending your life on? 
The second and third four statements are really rhetorical questions. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? And the third one, indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Your life is priceless. You and I have nothing more valuable than our lives. Nothing. The fourth war is implied in a warning. Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man, that is, Jesus, will be ashamed when he comes in glory. You see, we are not our own. In life and in death, we belong to God. There's someone who's written a little poem that's been turned into a wonderful song. Which goes, will you, will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you, will you go where you don't know and, and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? If, will you care for cruel and for kind and never be the same? Will you risk the hostile stare? Should your life attract or scare? Will you let me answer prayer in you and you in me? Will you love the you you hide if I but call your name? Will you quell the fear inside and never be the same? Will you use the faith you found to reshape the world around through my sight and touch and sound in you and you in me? Lord, your summons echoes true when you but call my name. Let me turn and follow you and never be the same. In your company I'll go where your love and footsteps show. Thus I'll move and live and grow in you and you in me. So listen, listen again to the words of Jesus. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's the summons. Our summons is to follow. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, we are disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us not shun the way of the cross, but follow wherever the Lord may lead. And now that may the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit surround us all and uphold us on the way. Amen.